Welcome back, friend. Today, I am diving into part three of our Bible study series, featuring a study on the book of Philippians. We're in chapter three this week, and today I focus on what it means to know Christ. Now, quick announcements before I begin. 2023 Renewed Conference registration is open. So head to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash conference to register completely free. I also have a few spots left for one-on-one coaching and they will not last. If you are ready to finally make some change in the way you live your life, get your schedule in order, have time for Bible study and for your big goals to finally happen, have accountability, guidance, and a personalized plan of action so you actually experience transformation, not just in your schedule, but in your walk with the Lord and in your spirit, email me, erica at herrenewedstrength.com, and let's get going. All right, grab your Bible because we're digging into Philippians chapter three. Let's go. listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So in chapter three, we see that in the NIV translation, The section begins with no confidence in the flesh. I'm going to begin in chapter three, verse one. So I hope you have your Bible. If you don't, I am reading this line by line and I will kind of pause when I'm reflecting on something specific. So let's go. Furthermore, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. And I'm going to pause real fast right there. The mutilators of the flesh are the Jewish religious guys who want to push circumcision in addition to that declaration of faith in Christ as their Lord and Savior. So they're essentially saying, yes, declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and get circumcised and you'll be saved. It's not acts and faith. It's by faith alone. And he wants to make sure that he is reiterating that, right? And essentially what those people are doing is perverting the gospel. So he wants to warn the people that he is writing to in Philippi to be on guard for that. Verse three, for it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, 
of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. So in these verses, Paul is saying, listen, all these religious things that these religious guys want to push, I did all that. So if that's what they're boasting in, I can boast in that, right? However, he goes on to say in verse seven, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the death. Now, I really want to come back to that part of the passage. I want to know Christ. And I am going to come back to that. But for now, I'm going to finish up this section and then kind of finish up the chapter. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that goal is salvation, right? By the spirit, we press on toward the heavenly things. We look with our gaze toward the Lord, not looking behind us, right? Think about Lot's wife who looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. We're looking ahead, right? We're leaving the past behind us. We're not worried about all the religiosity. We're not worried about all these things that used to be who and what we were. We're not that anymore. Our faith is in Christ Jesus. Our goal is to be with him in eternity. And the only way that happens is by putting your faith in Jesus. The next section is called or titled following Paul's example. And this is in verse 15, what we're picking up. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. And we see that today, right? In 2023, we see that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, which is sad, but we know this. We know that this is the case, right? And that maturity that he references in verse 15, essentially not implying maturity of age, but maturity of the spirit, right? So Paul is telling them, follow my example. A lot of times teachers in that time would 
tell their students and their disciples to imitate them, right? But not to imitate him because of who he is before Christ, but to imitate him because he depends on Christ's righteousness alone, unlike his adversaries who are advocating for something different. Verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And you know, I love what Chuck Smith said about that when he was talking about verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of a place we've never been. And the beauty of that is that all we know is what the Bible tells us about heaven, and it is a glorious place. It is the place where God dwells, where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And I can't tell you enough how, when I think about my friends and my loved ones who have already gone to be with the Lord, how excited they must have been when they got there, how beautiful and just, you know, awestruck they must have been. Again, just to reiterate verse 19, their mind is set on earthly things. These are his enemies, the enemies of the cross of Christ. Paul says their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, right? In other words, their flesh, and their glory is their shame. And we see a lot of people in today's culture glorifying themselves. And unfortunately, that's not a godly thing to do. That's not what we are called to do as Christians. And it really is, in my opinion, which is nothing compared to what God's word says, uh, but in my opinion, I think that that is just a a mark of deception. It's a it's something that shows that there is ignorance or just straight up rejection of the gospel if that person has already received the gospel. That is chapter three. I'm gonna come back to this verse in chapter three that begins in verse 10. I want to know Christ. Now, in the old testament, to know God involved both a covenant relationship and at its fullest intimacy with God. And I think about Abraham when I think about that. So covenant relationship in Exodus chapter six, verse seven, it says here, this is the Lord speaking, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So that's him speaking about the covenant relationship. Now I said at its fullest to know God also involves intimacy with God. And I have a few verses coming out of Exodus chapter 33 that I think really highlight that intimacy with God. Okay. Moses said to the Lord, this is Exodus 33 verse 12. Okay. Exodus chapter 33 verse 12, if you're in your Bible, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That comes out of a section titled Moses and the Glory of God. And let me just say that when I read that, I was really moved 
And partly it's because the word presence is capitalized. So I'm like, oh man, the Lord is talking about himself. And then the other part of that is that the Lord says to Moses, I will give you rest, right? My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful picture of intimacy, of fellowship. So I said that word presence is capitalized, right? And it's transliterated from the word ponim, which means face. Its biblical usage includes face, like your face, presence, as in the presence of a person, face, as in the face of a seraphim or cherubim, face, as in the face of an animal, face, as in a surface, like the ground, as a, a location or, you know, kind of like placement. It has also been used to, to mean before and behind, toward, in front of. And then it has also been used to reference being in front of, going before, in the presence of, in the face of, okay? And so I am inclined to lean toward the last biblical usage reference, which is referencing being in front of or before, since we know that, quote, neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And that is a direct quote out of Exodus chapter 13, verse 22, talking about the glory of the Lord, right? God presence being a cloud by day and being a pillar of fire by night that was in front of the people. So that presence, it's there, right? It's visible. God says to Moses, I will give you rest, right? And that is such a beautiful picture of intimacy. Now, the new covenant provides that covenant and intimacy for all God's people, right? It's not just for the prophets. And we see an allusion to that in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7, when he said, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. And I love, I love that verse. Another verse, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The Cultural Backgrounds Bible is one of the Bibles that I use when I study. And the footnotes say that this language reflects both the covenant relationship on the corporate level and the intimate fellowship with God on the personal level, which was experienced by the prophets. But again, we see that this is new covenant language, right? Covenant and intimacy for all God's people, Jew and Gentile alike. How else do we know Christ? by sharing in his sufferings and his glory. And Paul highlights that. So I pose this question in the title. Do you know Christ or do you just know of him? And the mark of someone who knows Christ, knows him, not just of him, is a person who is in covenant relationship with him and has intimacy with the Lord. And the illustration that I provided to you about intimacy, to show you what intimacy looks like, is fellowship, conversation, right? What does that translate to today? Prayer, worship, right? 
being in the word of God, hearing from God, going to God, right? And I think it's an important reminder because so many people who are new to the faith or who don't yet believe, they have a hard time understanding Christianity outside of the term religion because they don't know what it's like to know Jesus. They don't know what intimacy with the Lord looks like. I just wonder, do you know God or do you just know of him? The last thing that I mentioned was really about sharing in in Christ's sufferings and glory. And an interesting thing to remember is that when you come to Christ and you are saved because of your faith in Jesus, your problems don't go away. In fact, you might, by the world standards, suffer more. But part of knowing Jesus is knowing what he went through, right? He came to this earth and he lived a sinless life. He faced temptation like we do. He felt big feelings like we do. And he suffered so that he would know what we went through and show us that there's another way and that that way is through him. We know him by sharing in those sufferings. In fact, I would argue that suffering is used by the Lord, is allowed by the Lord as a tool to draw us nearer to him to help us to grow in our faith and in our knowledge of who he is, in the grace of who he is. And in that suffering, his grace becomes sufficient for us, just as Paul said in 2 Corinthians. So I know that that might be a question that is maybe easy for you to answer, but there might be people in your life who think they know Jesus and only really know of him. So I really want to encourage you today to share the message of the gospel with someone this week, to remind someone of who Jesus is, not just with your words, but with your actions. I pray that you would be blessed by today's episode. And I just hope that this little snippet of scripture encourages you to commune with the Lord more, to fellowship with him more, to grow in your prayer life, to be worshiping God more and more, not just on Sunday, not just when you're in church, but all the time, that you would pursue the Lord, that you would meet with him daily, that you would be in his word, hearing from him, and that you would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of who he is. I love y'all. I hope I see you inside the conference in a couple weeks. It's going to be really good. And if you haven't already registered, head to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash conference. If you are struggling to just get more consistent in your Bible study, we have a free resource for you over on the website. Uh, Just go to herrenewedstrength.com. You'll see the Simplify Bible Study resource. It's completely free. And if you want to transform your schedule so that you can have time for what matters most, stop stressing about all those to-do list items, you can check out on Heaven's Timeline, which is a time management life coaching course. I'll help you get your life together and you will see true transformation, Christ-centered productivity, and just a, a really cool turnaround in your life, not just in the things you see, but in the things you don't. I love y'all and I'll see you inside the conference, inside the community. And if not, I'll see you on the next one. God bless you. Mm-hmm.
Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.